to the Developing Leaders Impacting Kids podcast, a podcast all about sharing ideas, tips, and strategies to help you develop as a Kidman leader. Thanks for listening to today's episode, featuring a favorite presentation from one of our training experiences. To download today's show notes or to learn more about our certification program, training intensives, and Institutes of Children's Ministry, visit our website, cogop.org slash children. Hello, and welcome to our Developing Leaders Impacting Kids podcast. My name is Joy Hensley, and I am your podcast host today. And with me, we have a very, very special guest. She is on her way traveling to do ministry this weekend, and she is actually here in person with us. So that is exciting. I have with me today, Kim Batson. Kim, would you like to say hi? Yes, thank you. Uh, Hello, everyone. I'm excited to uh, share with you for the next little bit. Awesome. So we have been diving into our level two topics of our CM level two certification. And so last month we kind of talked about calling preparation and pursuit. And so this month's topic is on leadership 101. And so a lot of these questions are developed from that course. Um, So it just talks about different leadership styles, um, your personality, um, just different experiences that you may bring to the table. So Kim, we're going to start off asking you, some of you may not know who you are. A lot of people do. They've seen you at ICM and other places, but you serve as the state children's ministry director for Tennessee. So tell us a little bit about your role and maybe how it's different from a children's pastor or a children's ministry leader. Um, What are your responsibilities? Sure. Well, I see my role as the state children's ministry director is to provide support encouragement, training, and resources to the local children's ministry leaders and pastors in Tennessee. My goal is to meet with children's ministers, leaders, pastors, kind of see what their vision is for their local church and how I could support them. As you know, each local church and community is different. And so what I might need to do for one person, what I might need to provide for another person um, needs to be different. So um, I want them to know they're not alone. And then I am there kind of walking alongside of them, cheering them on. And my hope is to provide them opportunities to renew their passion for the ministry God's called them to and uh, to give them opportunities to kind of fill their cups so Mm -hmm. that they're not burning out along the way. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. So we talk in Leadership 101 about the importance of hearing God's voice. So I wanted to start off by asking you, why do you think hearing God's voice is so important for us as Christian leaders? And could you maybe tell us about a time in your life that hearing God has specifically impacted you or your ministry? Well, I believe hearing God's voice is probably the most important thing you need to do. Uh, my hope is to always be in the center of God's will. And I think in order to do that, we have to be in tune for what mm-hmm. the spirit is saying. Uh, I was raised in a pastor's home, so ministry was modeled for me most of my life. Um, And as I was trying to find my own calling, I kind of boxed God in to what had been modeled for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the Lord spoke clearly to me one day and brought me to Ephesians 4 and 11, where it's the scripture that it says that he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And at that time I was thinking, okay, God, I I don't think I fit into any Mm -hmm. of these wonderful categories. And he brought me to the end of that verse. And that verse doesn't end in a period, but it ends in a semicolon. Mm -hmm. 
And I really felt the voice of the Lord saying that ministry should not be about a title. It shouldn't be about a position. It really shouldn't be about anything that we box in Mm -hmm. to our human thinking. So I live in that semicolon. And to me, uh, ministry is about um, looking for windows of opportunity, like today, Mm -hmm. an invitation to come and to share what I'm passionate about, like this weekend, which is an opportunity to train children's ministers uh, and then on Sunday morning, opportunity to preach the word of God. So in, in many ways, this is three different things that all kind of fall under the, in my opinion, the umbrella of ministry. Um, so I'm thankful there's not a period at the end of that sentence yeah. and that we don't have to fit into a box that we limit. I think you do a good job modeling that, too, because I think it's easy for us, even as children's me being a children's pastor also. Mm-hmm. I can say, well, that's not my responsibility or that's not my job. But God has, as we've talked about, our calling is ultimately to glorify him. That's right. And sometimes that may look like throwing out the trash or preaching somewhere else, maybe even outside of our comfort zone. Now, Kim, there are many different styles of leadership. I'm not sure if you're familiar. You've probably heard of servant leadership, transactional leadership. So I wanted to ask you, though, if you could craft your own definition of leadership our own style, what would that look like? And, you know, a lot of times we look at the relationship between the leader and the follower. Um, so how do you, how would you create your own style of leadership? Well, to me, leadership is very much about balance and we're always trying to find that balance. And to me, the best leaders that have impacted my life are have a balance of support, uh, affirmation and accountability. Um, so in regards to support, I want to be able to support my children's ministers that are in Tennessee. I want to encourage them and to be there to provide a listening ear. Um, I want to be a resource to them. I want to be a prayer warrior for them. And I want them to know ultimately that I have their back mm-hmm. at the end of the day. The other part of that is affirmation. Um, this can feel at times like a thankless job. And uh, most of the children's ministers in Tennessee are volunteers. They're not mm-hmm. paid and most don't even have a budget. So most of their ministry expense comes out of their own pocket. Mm-hmm. And so I want them to know that they are appreciated and they are valued and they are doing impactful, meaningful work. And lastly, accountability in the job. At the end of the day, we have an important job to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, each child that the Lord sends us has a divine destiny and it's our job to equip them and prepare them. Um, and I think in order to do that, we ourselves have to hold ourselves accountable to be make sure that ministry is consistent and it's engaging and it's grounded in the truth of God's word. And that we're doing enough preparation and time and prayer that when the children get there, that we have spent time in the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. that we're ready to do what God has called us to do. Awesome. Now. As we know, there are several characters in the Bible that we would classify as servant leaders. So we're just curious, do you have a favorite servant leader, you know, and why? I love Moses. Uh, Moses, to me, was not a perfect leader by any means, uh, but he took time to invest in others. And when it was his time to move off the scene, um, it can, things continued. His ministry continued. He multiplied himself. He made some mistakes, uh, but he was an intercessor for his people. Many times because of Moses uh, interceding for his people, there were times God just wanted to wipe them all out. He was kind of tired of them. But Moses went to bat for his people and he stood in the gap for his people. 
Um, one of the other things that I respect about Moses is he learned he couldn't do it all himself. And um, that God showed him that he, once he let go of some of that responsibility, would multiply his spirit onto others. And I feel like that that is what we are to do, mm-hmm. that we are to multiply ourselves, that we are to bring people alongside and to allow the spirit of God that's on us to be replicated to others. Awesome. Now you mentioned how Moses stood in the gap for his people. So obviously he probably genuinely loved them and cared for them. So I wanted to ask, do you think love is critical and why is it critical as a servant leader, especially in the church or ministry setting? I believe unconditional love can only come through the father. Mm -hmm. And I think in children's ministry specifically, we have to model uh, the love of the father to the children Some children uh, will make it difficult at times to love because Mm -hmm. they've been hurt and trust Mm -hmm. is hard for them. There's a lot of walls you have to work through. And so there's, in my opinion, there's nothing good in us. And so in order to do that, we have to walk in the spirit every, every week to say, God, when I go into ministry every week, don't let those children, don't let the parents, don't let anyone that comes in ministry see me. But Lord, let them see your love, the gifts of the spirit, the joy, the peace and those things that only come from you ultimately. Um, And, you know, I couldn't do anything without a little bit of an illustration, kind of an object (laughs) lesson of sorts. So if that's our, is that okay if I throw one of those in? Please do. Um, So one thing is what I found is, is that, of course, roses have been a part of our world since the Lord created them. Mm -hmm. But until the 1800s, they were all. Um, they only bloomed like once a year. And so most of the summer, we didn't have the pretty flowers that we have. Mm-hmm. And so there was a botanist that decided they would graft the Chinese rose with European rose. And with that grafting, they were able to get what we see now, which is uh, roses that bloom throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's the same way with us, is that we have to be gra- allow Jesus to be grafted into us. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately, when we spend time with him, and he can activate inside of us the very best oh, of who we are. Absolutely. That's awesome. I love that. Now, leaders, as we know, should have a good knowledge and understanding, not only of other people, but also who they are as the leader. So I want to ask you, first of all, do you think that's important? And how about in ministry, though, when our focus is so much on the needs of our kids, on our volunteers, on our, our church needs, where a lot of times we kind of neglect what's going on maybe inside of us or the even our own personality quirks. So would you speak to that for just a minute? Yes, I think it's very important for us to know our own strengths, but also to know our own limitations mm-hmm. because none of us are perfect. And uh, we come with a lot of God-given talents that the Lord has given us, but we also come with some some things that are weaknesses that we have to work to improve. Um, I think authentic leaders are able to lead through their weaknesses. They're able to um, understand that and be transparent that we don't always get it right. And I think ultimately sharing with our people that we lead when we don't get it right is so important. Mm -hmm. Uh, For myself, I know something that I've had to work on through my leadership is I'm a very direct type personality. Um, I'm very goal oriented. And Mm -hmm. so I can get so focused on reaching the goal and just kind of telling everyone what to do and Mm -hmm. and what they need to do uh, that that can come across at times as being uh, too assertive. Mm -hmm. And 
not everyone has the same style as me. And so something that's really helped me in my career at work, as well as ministry, is learning that we all are created in a unique way and we all have different communication styles. And myself as the leader, it's my responsibility to cater my style to meet the individual needs of others instead of just saying this is who I am, mm-hmm. live with it and <laughs> just take it or leave Absolutely. it kind of thing. So uh, I think it starts with having a relationship. If you don't know mm-hmm. your volunteers, your children's ministers, your pastor, even if you don't know their their communication style and what they need, it's very difficult to cater that. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a, a question that we plan to, but I love per- good personality tests. Yes. Do you have any that you like or that you have taken before that yes. maybe has stuck out to you? Uh, I love the disc. I think the disc, mm-hmm. it puts everyone in kind of four unique styles. And to me, when I've taken it, it puts me in the style that I know that I am. <laughs> uh, I also like the Enneagram. Enneagram. I think oh, it's very... speaking my language? <laughs> I think it's very important. And I think uh, that's one thing as a leader. I think it's very important to know the disc style, the Enneagram style of your mm-hmm. people so that you as the leader can meet them where they are. It's not the responsibility of our, the people we serve to come to us, but in turn, as the leader, mm-hmm. it's our job to cater to meet their individualized needs. Absolutely. Um, also with that, I think it's easy for me sometimes to just box someone in too. Like you're talking about the Enneagram. I don't know what number, do you know what number you are? No, I'm the one that would be a serial killer one day. <laughs> Well, for me, like, it's easy for me to be like, oh, like Kim is an eight. So that means she only will do X, Y, and Z. So I think it's also important to remember we do have bits of every type in us Mm -hmm. and every personality. So I did want to ask, though, um, people like me are naturally empathetic, um, but many people can be detached from their emotions or even the feelings of others. So I wanted to ask. I know this is even something I struggle with. How can we have that balance of caring for people, loving for people, being there with them, but also knowing our limits and our boundaries and this is not healthy sometimes. Right, right. Well, I, I believe leader, relationship is leadership. Mm-hmm. And without relationship, there is no leadership. People have to know you. They have to trust you in order to follow you. Uh, so you do have to let people in a little bit of your life to build connection and relationship. Then in turn, we have to invite people in also to our own lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I am also a person that you have to have boundaries and mm-hmm. and ultimately you have to have boundaries with yourself first. And that's knowing when to cut work off and that's knowing when to say, I've done all I can do today and I've got to go home and then I've got to fill my cup back mm-hmm. up a little bit. But it's also knowing when you've done all you can do. And for some people, uh, they'll drain the life out of you mm-hmm. if you're not careful. Uh, but in turn, you can have such great boundaries that you never have relationships. So it's very much about balance mm-hmm. and finding out kind of what you need to do in order to have relationship and trust, but also knowing I have to have some self-preservation in there as well. Because boundaries are not only good for you, but they're also good for the other person as well. Absolutely. That's great. Um, as children's ministry leaders, our responsibilities, sometimes they're different from other ministry leaders, obvious reasons sometimes. So I wanted to ask that, um, what are some responsibilities that you have found or seen as specific to children's ministry that maybe are often overlooked? Well, to me, children's ministry is whole family mm-hmm. ministry. Um, each child in your ministry comes with a, a nice village of people who love them and hopefully are supporting them, caring for them. 
but you you can't just have a relationship with the child. You've got to build relationship with their village. Right. Um, and that showing up to things that are important to the whole family, not just what's going on uh, with the child. We only have these children a few hours every week and uh, the parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, grandmothers, whoever other support systems have them the rest of the time. And I think if we're intentional to put resources you know, devotion talks, faith talks um, into their hands, then children's ministry kind of expands past that uh, Sunday morning hour or that Wednesday night Bible study that that we have. Absolutely. And um, throughout your life in ministry, you probably experience some good things, some bad things. Um, so I wanted to ask maybe what was one lesson or hard thing that you've had to learn to accept and adjust to in ministry? Well, I have learned to look for the kernel of truth from the critic. Uh, criticism is hard to take, but if you're going to be in ministry, you you have to find an opportunity to learn from it. And sometimes criticism does not come in a most positive or constructive manner. It can mm-hmm. come through a lot of emotion. But if you can kind of strip back all of the emotion and say, okay, what's the kernel of truth I'm going to take from this Mm -hmm. interaction that I just had? What can I take from it? What can I learn from? How can I build upon myself so that next time I'm in a similar situation, maybe we don't have the same end? Um, I think the other thing for me that I've learned along the way is that whatever time I am given is enough. I think in children's ministry, sometimes we feel like, we have a short amount of time to make an impact. Mm-hmm. And I think what the Lord has shown me is it can be enough through the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I can only have what I can have. Children are going to come to church if their parents bring them. And sometimes based upon family circumstances, you may have them once a month or you may have them once every few months, but it will be enough. Mm-hmm. And it has to be enough based upon that's the opportunity that I've been given. And I want to make the most of that. Absolutely. Just releasing the things that aren't in our control, which that's right. for me, that's difficult. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you, what advice would you pass along to the next generation of leaders who are wanting to serve and minister to children? Be yourself. Comparison is a deadly thing. Uh, your call for a ministry that will not look like anyone else's. And the only person you should compare yourself is to you about six months ago. And the hope is that when you look back to see the person you were six months ago and compare to where you are today, that you see what the work the Lord has done within you and that you have grown and you've taken lessons learned and grown from that. Um, I'd advise for people to look for someone, look for people around them that you admire, that mm-hmm. you see ministering and with excellence and ask them if you can spend time with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, invite them to coffee. Say, can I pick your brain? Uh, Ask them to share mistakes they made, lessons learned, um, and ask them if they would be willing to be at least a a part of your journey toward what you're going to do. I also think it's important to surround yourself with people that care enough about you to be brutally honest. Mm, (laughs) Just tickle your ears with how wonderful you are and and all of that, but make sure there are people around you that will say, These are the areas that I see that you need to think about or that you need to grow in. Feedback is the greatest gift that anyone could ever give to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's 
hard on the person that's giving it. They have to push through a lot of discomfort in order to give you that feedback, but it allows you to have an opportunity to grow and allows you to have an opportunity to say, you know what, there are some things I don't have quite right yet. And I'm still a work in progress and that God is still doing the work. Absolutely. Back to that criticism point we were just talking about. Yes. Actually, when you were talking about that, I had a a recollection of a staff meeting I was in this past year about VPS. And I remember sitting there being exhausted after the week and someone at the table made a comment about our registration process and just like, I don't know why you did this this way. And it just like made me feel so (laughs) violated and angry. And I was just like, well, if you knew that this, 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 and this. And so just even the little criticism sometimes or people not even knowing the full story Mm -hmm. as well. So anyways. And they may have had a point about the registration process. They may have had a point. Yeah. I I don't think they did. (laughs) But yes, they did. Um, uh, before we finish our podcast, we typically ask um, our guests what their top resources and reads that they would like to share with our audience is. So I wanted to ask you, do you have any books, podcasts, favorite people even that mm-hmm. you would like to share with us? Well, the last book that I read, I just came back from the beach with my family, mm. which was very important uh, to take time away. Uh, to kind of rejuvenate and do that. So I had bought Bob Goff's latest book called Undistracted. Um, and it, it was, so, he's to me, one of those servant leaders that really embody what ministry is about. Uh, if you've not read his first book, Love Does, uh, it's a must read, I think, for any person in ministry. Because he talks more about, we talk about a lot of things but really love requires action mm-hmm. and, and putting action behind our words is important. So anything he writes, he's, he's at the top of my list. One of my favorite books that I, I read that probably influenced my leadership was the seven habits of highly effective people uh, by Stephen Covey. Um, I think it's a good read of if you're starting out in leadership and mm-hmm. just kind of want to have some principles in life that you kind of anchor things to. Mm-hmm. Uh, some podcasts that I look to for leadership is Brene Brown, Dare to Lead. Um, I like her information and Simon Sinek. He's, he's got some great videos. What I like about Simon is his stuff is short mm-hmm. I like <laughs> and that you can too. get, some, you know, some good things to kind of chew on for the day to start out your day, start out your week. Yeah. He shares really good thoughts. I think I follow him on Instagram and just every now and then I'll just come across a quote and I'm like, that's really good. Yes. Yes. So being Uh, Bob Goff, have you read, um, everybody always, Yes, I read that in like one day. It was so good. Yes. Yes. All of his stuff is excellent. Yeah. Well, Kim, thank you so much for joining us for our podcast today. We're honored to have you and All of our show notes and all these resources that Kim mentioned will be available on our website. So you can go to children.cogop.org and check that out. So Kim, you want to say bye? Yes. Thank you for the opportunity. I've enjoyed chatting with you today. And um, just if I can ever be a resource to anyone, please don't hesitate to reach out. And Kim, I will say this braggingly at the end. She's one of our top tier um, children's ministry directors. How long have you been doing this? Well, close to 20 years. Okay. I used to live in Virginia and I remember Kim was doing this before I even moved to Cleveland. So 
she has been known for her work that she does diligently and the pastors and everyone in Tennessee love and respect her. So thank you, Kim, for joining us today and being a great leader and modeling that for us here in for International Children's Ministries. Thank you, Joy. listening to today's episode. To download today's show notes or to learn more about our certification program, training intensives, and institutes of children's ministry, visit our website cogop.org children.